What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 48.4. And we are continuing and finishing Persona 4 this evening. Uh, and today I have with me Matt. Hello. And Sophie. Hello. So, yeah. Um, I We say we're going to finish this. We're going to try our best to talk all the way through the um, the rest of the game. And um, there's a decent amount to cover. Uh, the last time we talked about anything... Um, we, uh, were able to, God, what were we doing? We were, we saved, um, Naato. Yeah, that was it. Cause we thought the game was over with, you know, we, yep. we caught, we caught the killer and, oh, kind of found out the killer's still out there somewhere and big old fake out. Yeah, I know it. There's been multiple times we thought we caught the killer in this game and, um, we saved her from the secret base. If if you count that original time with the with the photographer, yeah, the photographer, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. one of them. No, nobody <laughs> really thought was the killer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, but we save uh, Naruto. And she is actually a girl. Shock. Uh, yeah. Um, Surprise. Which I think we mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the big reveal, uh, and people won't let it go. Air quotes. Um, just like, uh, nobody will let go about Kanji. Um, but yeah. Uh, so the game continues. We are basically waiting on the killer to make their next move, but there's a couple of things that happen. Uh, one of them being, um, uh, we get a letter in the mail. Um, that letter being very simple. It says, do not rescue anyone or stop rescuing people. And it's addressed to us, the main character. And we're like, oh, wow, there's a warning. Okay. Well, um, obviously, this person knows what we're doing. They're, 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 they know who we are. Uh, and everyone speculates, well, they're probably watching us on the Midnight Channel because people can actually watch us when it's going on. Um, and it's a lot of waiting here. We, we, oh, yeah, we work at Juness. Um, we have a, um, we have a nice, uh, concert that we do. We learn how to play the bass guitar in an afternoon, apparently in, in an afternoon. Yeah. Um, and we hold a concert at Juness. Um, interesting little thing is there, there's a suspicious person in the crowd watching us. Um, nobody notices except for, I guess the player because they, they specifically pointed out. Um, and they kind of leave it at that. Um, days pass. Um, the, uh, culture festival happens. Um, which is the wonderful part where, um, we host a uh, a dating a speed dating place, but it's like a group speed dating thing, it, isn't it? It's weird, yeah. I it's can't... the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> there's nobody shows up to. Um, and then of course they have 
the um the wonderful um beauty pageant and a swimsuit um pageant and then the like the drag pageant yeah then as they, well. have, they have the drag pageant um so we, sophie i i gotta be honest ticking all, I, ticking all those boxes I, when i got to this point in the game i thought all right finally sophie's not gonna think this game is sexist anymore that that was my thought and then that's not at all what happened you see, the problem I have with it is I don't understand why they need to have a beauty pageant and then a swimsuit pageant on top of it. And the problem I had with it was that the guys all signed the girls up and they didn't really have any choice about it whatsoever. And as if that wasn't bad enough, then they all had to rock out in swimsuits and everything. And I kind of get that there's like the whole kind of, oh, the boys get their comeuppance because they have to participate in as well, dressed up as, you know, women. But that was kind of done more for like laughs and embarrassments, whereas the beauty pageant swimsuit thing was just a kind of like very much male gaze, women to be looked at type thing. And it, I don't know, I it I just didn't like it. But see, I think here's my take on it. We talked last week about the High School of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is a show and essentially many many other animes that are in my opinion actually offensive this it's... this game i i find that what if these were adults this would be offensive but these are high school kids doing the same things that high school kids do and the way i see it is the game does not revel in it because yes there is a swimsuit competition these girls walk out on stage in swimsuits but as far as me as a viewer there is not the tiniest shred of sexuality involved like these are actual sticks like these these don't even look like people and no and yeah i think it's the 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 big problem i have with it is well i don't know where you guys went to high school but where i went to high school we certainly didn't parade around in swimsuits so that's weird i graduated from a christian academy so no we didn't didn't as in like okay yeah when like we had like swimming class or whatever people were obviously in swimsuits but for the most part people weren't asked to get up in stage in front of their classmates in swimsuits and literally be judged by them um and like i said the other part problem i had was it was more for the fact that like they they didn't sign up for it and they didn't have any choice in whether they were going to participate. And I know the game kind of tried to even that out by, you know, having the the girls sign the guys up for the same thing. But it it wasn't the same thing. I, I get what you're saying, Matt. About I'm I'm not sure whether the game's like deliberately trying to sexualize the situation. I, I think you in in this particular scene anyway. Because the the game I, very I easily could have shown a video uh, no, and had I, these I, girls yeah. swinging their body parts as they walked across the yeah, stage. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. But then the problem I had with it was that obviously they had that whole thing where Nato didn't want to participate in the swimsuit competition. And then they end up at Yukiko's Inn and at the Hop Springs. And there's literally that close-up of her walking out in the towel and like her boobs bulging towards the screen in a video clip. So... Again, it's like a classic example for me for this game where it does something that I think maybe, yeah, as you say, it's not meant to come across that way and it's not intended that way. And it's just, I guess, the equivalent of a poor choice of words, maybe. 
but then it's completely undermined by what happens later where it is literally about sexualizing the, the the bodies of the female characters you you know, you guys remember the scene i'm talking about right yeah where yukiko like pokes her in the boob yeah <laughs> or grabs it or something um yeah if if you think that's bad you should watch persona 4 the animation <laughs> I don't know. They, they made an anime and, and with all these scenes and stuff in it. But, I mean, basically, I feel like the game has high school kids doing juvenile things. I don't think the game itself is coming off offensive. I feel like the, the characters are doing things that would be offensive if they were adults. But I, uh, I feel like it's... I, I think we're probably just going to have to agree to disagree because I, I get what you're saying about the the context of this particular um set piece but again i think it's the lack of it's the lack it is the unwilling participation thing that makes it uncomfortable for me and i don't think that's indicative of any kind of scenario that would be i mean what kind of high school would would force people to participate in a swimsuit competition <laughs> I mean, but seriously. <laughs> so I kind of understand, like, they do this in the game to kind of, like, I don't know. It, it, it's supposed to be comedy the, relief. Yeah, it's an over-the-top kind of version of it. But uh, and as it taken out of context of the game, I, you know, I'd probably just look at it and roll my eyes. But within the context of everything else that happens in the game, I just think it's another kind of really poorly kind of executed scenario to be honest that attempts to be sincere and even and not offensive but falls flat on its face again because it gets literally undermined in the next scene and yeah i don't know we'll have to just agree to disagree on that one i think Mm. well after all this this game gets serious as fuck (laughs) Um, for for the most part (laughs) Um, because the next thing that happens after it seems like they really want you to try and bond with both Dojima and Nanako in between this part because you're you it seems like you're hanging out with them in cutscenes that you like you can't obviously you can't choose to do what you want to and they do it for a reason because the next person that gets kidnapped is Nanako. And people, I mean, th- I mean, this is, this scenario is unlike any other one in the game. Because you see the, the midnight channel and it's fuzzy and you can't make out anybody. The second night, you can tell it's fucking Nanako. At which point, everybody starts freaking out. And Nanako is home alone because we get another letter in the mail. Dojima sees that letter and it's another warning letter. And it says, if you don't stop, um, somebody close to you is going to get hurt. So Dojima takes us to the freaking police station, leaving Nanako alone at home. And well, Nanako gets kidnapped while we're stuck in the police station. Um, And uh, we get a crazy scene where everybody shows up at the police station when they find out we're there. 
Nanako is gone. Um, but they see it was a delivery driver who may have picked her up. Did you um did you tell Dejima the truth in this little interrogation? I tried to convince him that, you know, we're in the TV, man, and the someone's throwing some people into the TV and like we have to go in there and rescue them with our personas. Yeah. And he's like, Shut up. Yeah. You're making it worse. <laughs> yeah. Don't make it harder on yourself. <laughs> and uh so yeah, I tried telling him the truth too. Um but then when Dojima finds out Nanako's been taken, he goes berserk. And starts chasing after the um, the delivery truck, and we actually get like an anime cutscene and everything. And he's chasing after it, and in his car, and he wrecks. And uh, when we make it to the scene, uh, the Jima's beat all the hell from the car wreck. Nanako's nowhere to be found. Neither is the driver. Uh, and we realize the guy had a television in the back. Um, which we think he probably threw Nanako in as well as himself going in. We don't know that to begin with. We think he just got away. So now we have to go into the television and find Nanako. Um, and uh, this dungeon is called Heaven. We literally go to Heaven because this is what is in Nanako's mind because she misses her mother and she knows her mother is in heaven. How fucking depressing. <laughs> um, but then we start to realize while we're going through this dungeon that somebody else is here. So then we start realizing, Oh, it's probably her kidnapper, the real killer. So, um, going through the dungeon, we finally reach, uh, the beginning or the, the end of the dungeon and we realize who it is. Uh, it's revealed to be Namatame, which if anybody remembers who's been playing along with us, um, he is the guy who, um, was the husband of the woman who got killed. No, no, he's not the husband. He was having an affair with the woman who got killed. So he was, he was, he has, he was an announcer, or his wife was an announcer. Wait, no, she was an announcer, right? His wife yeah. was, or she, or the 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 mistress was. I thought the mistress was like a yeah singer. Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, he is the guy who's been going around kidnapping people, and he's really fucking delusional. He's he's got Nanako. He's holding her hostage basically, and he's telling her, "I'm I'm determined to save this girl." He's like, "You guys have thwarted me constantly, and I'm trying to save these people." And so we have to fight his shadow. Um, in which we were able to beat him. I I know Matt, you had some issues with this fight. Uh yeah, first time I tried it, I was at that time I had just been on cruise control for so long I hadn't really updated a lot of my personas. Uh they were all pretty pretty far behind where they could have been, so after the first time I fought them I had to go back and sort of refuse some new ones mm -hmm. and uh second time it was pretty easy. Yeah. I I was kind of the same way. I mean I I had already fused um that one that has null physical and that has been so overpowered for me. Like I just I, I I don't die. Like I don't even take damage. 
you know, it was, but there, but there's a boss later on <laughs> that I do take damage to. And I'm like that, I figured that would be physical attacks, but it's not. Um, so after beating Namatame, we decide we're going to rescue Nanako. We grab her and we decide to take Namatame out of the television as well. He is then arrested. Also, um, he is, he, he is obviously going to have to recover from going into the television and unleashing his persona and stuff like that. So he is in the hospital along with Nanako because something has happened to her. The fog in the, the TV world has affected her in some way. So we have Nanako, we have Dojima who is now in the hospital from the car accident and we have Namatame in the hospital. Um, and this kind of sparks the beginning of the end. Um, in a, I say the beginning of the end, the end takes about 10 hours. Um, so we're waiting for Nanako to recover. Unfortunately, she gets worse. Um, the doctors don't know what to do because they've never seen anything like this before. Um, at the same time, uh, ever since we rescued Nanako and brought out Namatame, the fog that has been in the TV world is now seeping into our world. And people are, are legitimately getting sick from it. And there's rumors being spread around saying that the fog is toxic and is poisonous and it's, it's, it's slowly killing people. People are freaking out. Um, I have to say, like when you're running around town during the day and that fog's around, that music is really fucking creepy. Yeah, it's yeah. really atmospheric, isn't it? Yeah, I was just like, wow, this is really great. And like every time you, it's, it's really interesting because every time you you go to the world map, you can s- switch to different uh, places you want to go, and it shows kind of like a preview of the place, and it's like covered in this fog. It just looks really weird, and I really liked how it looked. And like from from here on out. I was completely fucking invested. Like there really wasn't any more of this, you know, dumb high school stuff or I say dumb high school stuff, stuff that felt like it was busy work until you get to the next dungeon. Yeah. Um, because we don't know what the hell's going to happen with Nanako. People are getting sick. This fog's everywhere. What the fuck's up with Namatame? You know, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. I like the end of the game. I like how it like ratchets up the intensity. Like you wouldn't based on the, criteria you wouldn't think that Nanako was going to get taken but she does yeah and then no one had ever thought that the fog was going to leak into the world but it did and it, you know things just seem to be expanding here at the end more quickly I think you're right the the pace quickens a bit the stakes are higher I you know I I sort of I I was I'm with you I was fairly invested in the ending yeah and so we, you know we think the you know Game's over, guys. You know we we've caught the killer. Um, to which we decide we want to investigate this show. We want to figure out why the hell Namatame did this, and he's sticking to his story. We go and visit him in the hospital, and he's saying, "I'm I was trying to save people." It's what you people don't get. I'm I'm trying. I I, I was trying to save you guys. Like even the people in your party. You know, you people were targeted, and I'm trying to save you by throwing them in the television, which ends up killing them. But there's a couple of things that don't add up. 
as in how did he know about the midnight channel? How did he even figure this stuff out? And if he's really, if he's telling the truth and he thinks he's saving people, how does he not realize it's killing people? Well, the fact of the matter is he actually didn't put the first two victims who died in the television. Um, the, the, the woman he was having an affair with, as well as, um, Yosuke's co-worker and girl he had a crush on, I think, that he, he didn't have anything to do with them. He tried warning the girl, but she wouldn't listen. So, um, through a series of events, we reached to the point where Nanako is kind of fighting for her life. She's not getting any better. She's getting worse. And we get a cutscene where it shows Nanako dying. She, she succumbs to whatever illness she had and shits hit the fan. That was really sad. It was crazy sad. Yeah. Genuinely. Um, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about actually like towards the beginning of this series when I was kind of saying like at least from my perspective the family dynamic and the social links and the kind of interactions that you have with the Jima and Nanako all the way through feel really genuine and sincere and realistic Mm -hmm. and everyone's got their baggage right and everyone's kind of trying to fit around each other and it was kind of a bit awkward as well but it just rang really true that whole kind of family dynamic and fitting in the protagonist that, you know, your character. And so that's why I think the ending was so affecting and it was kind of actually a really good way for the show to kind of reach its climax by putting a character like that front and center and having this horrible thing happen to her. Because I think you're right. It really does actually kind of, it, 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 it gets suddenly a lot more real yeah. And yeah. impact it's a lot more impactful that way than it would have been if it had been like, oh look, Chie is dead or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if anyone's death is gonna move me, it's gonna be Nanako or Dojima. You're right. Yeah. So when Nanako passes, the entire party is is very upset and very pissed. Dojima is as well. And uh, Teddy takes it hard. <laughs> Teddy takes it really hard. Um, Dojima is so, is so upset that he decides he's going to go have a little chat with Namatame and he goes up to his room. Um, but he's stopped by the police who are guarding the door. He also, because he is also beat up all to hell from the car accident, they force him to go back to his room. We follow suit and... Now the police are gone because they're taking him back to his room. Let's go inside and talk to Namatame. The entire party is out for blood. So when we reach, we go into the room where Namatame, he's there. And through a series of dialogue scenes, we can decide his fate. There's a television there. We can easily just push him in. As Yosuke, Yosuke very clearly yeah. wants to do. Yeah, Yosuke is like, dude, we push him in. 
He dies. Fucking justice is served. He's yes, full on red. red mist. Yeah. Yep. He's 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 like he needs to fucking die. Other people are kind of leaning toward Yosuke. We can't let this fucker live. He just killed Nanako. He also got a bunch of other people killed too, and almost killed us. You know, uh, and he's still sticking to his story. It's like I didn't do this. I swear to God. You know. He's trying to save people. So, through a series of dialogue choices, we can decide to throw him in the television. To which, we get an ending. The game ends right there. Now, what happens in that ending? I did not see that ending. I I do not see that ending, but I have a feeling... I, I, I've looked, I looked up a summary of all the endings. Um... And that ending basically ends with you killing him. He dies in the television world. We go back to Nanako's room. So here, here's the next plot point. We go back to Nanako's room. Nanako somehow comes out of it, is revived, and she doesn't die. And so everybody's in the room kind of looking at each other like, we just fucking killed a guy and Nanako didn't die. I wonder if they oh, would have really? seen that as the reason, though. Like, look, so she, we got rid of the cause of her death, and then she revived. But so she, so she gets revived, even in like, I guess, throwing him in the TV is considered to be the bad ending. I think so. I am not one hundred percent certain, so do not hold me to that. But I'm thinking, you know, that that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's like, you know, where's your god now? Yeah, kind of thing. It's like, oh, we just killed a guy because we thought she was dead. Oh shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and that would be kind of a horrible ending. <laughs> uh, but that is a quote unquote bad ending. There is also a bad ending, but it's not entirely bad. Um, so what ends up happening? And I actually got this ending because I fucked up the dialogue choices. Um, if you don't do a, a specific set of dialogue options correctly, um, you don't put them in the television. You go back to Nanako's room. She's revived, so she lives. And then the after that, the game, it, like it, you, you go from uh, December all the way to when you leave, and you you have you have a scene of yourself getting on the train, everybody saying goodbye, we'll miss you, and that's the end of the game. And that's a bad slash normal ending okay so sort it's, of un- unfinished it's, it's unfinished it's like well because the fog's still there people are still getting sick you don't know what the hell's going on you know um but the normal ending is if you get all the dialogue options correct you decide to not throw namatame into the television nanako is revived she pulls through um, and you continue on through the, throughout the year and into the new year, which is, I think, 2012, because the game takes place in 2011 and in 2012. Um, and so uh, you, you, you play on. Um, and throughout this, we, we go back to Namatame and we talk to him again and try to sit down and seriously figure out what the hell's going on. Um, because... 
everybody's like, well, we caught the killer. He's going to go to jail for it. And everybody's like, well, the evidence won't stick. He says, well, maybe the evidence won't stick because he really didn't do it. Maybe he's telling us the truth. So we decide, okay, let's go talk to him one more time and see exactly what he's trying to talk about and try and make sense of it. And he goes into the discussions of what actually happened with him. Um, he saw the midnight channel, um, before his, 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 the woman he was having an affair with died. He saw her on the channel and he, he was already kind of like a nervous wreck. He was drinking heavily because they had found out about the affair and it was all over the news and he, he couldn't stand it. Um, and he thought he was just drunk or having some kind of hallucination. Um, but then it showed up again the next day after that day. He found, they found her dead. And he's like, was this some kind of a warning? Was somebody trying to tell me something? Next thing, the girl shows up. Um, the senpai, the, that Yosuke senpai, whatever, whoever the hell, I can't remember what her name is. Um, and he's like, well, I got to warn her. So he goes on this complete obsession of trying to warn people that, that they're being targeted via this midnight channel. Somebody's going around killing people. And so he went back to Enaba, um, because he didn't have much to do in the city. So he went back to Enaba, took up his family's old business, which was a delivery driver. So he's a delivery man now. And he decided to go warn the girl who was being targeted next. And he, uh, tries to warn her. She won't listen. She thinks she's a, he's a freak and she just runs away. And the next day she dies. He becomes even more obsessed over this. And so he has took it upon himself to take matters into his own hands. He realizes when he sees the, the, cause he thought he would, he, he just thought he was drunk and he was kind of reminiscing. He was touching the television screen and his hand went through. And he's like, holy shit, I have this ability to go through the television. He said, maybe I can put people in the television to keep the killer from getting them. So he is taking it upon himself to kidnap people who show up on the midnight channel, throw them into the television so that the killer can't get them. What he doesn't realize is, is that if you stay in the television for too long, you die. And he inadvertently thought he was helping people, but he was actually hurting them. Luckily, he didn't actually kill anybody. What a plonker. Yeah. So, qu question. How exactly do you die in the Midnight Channel, and how does that lead to you be being strung up upside down? From what I understand... So I the, the link to... Well, from what I understand, you are killed by your shadow in the midnight channel and other shadows. So when the fog lifts, the shadows go nuts. So when it's foggy in our world and it's the fog lifts in the TV world, the shadows just go insane. And was and there any evidence of that from when we, like if we went in on the day that the fog lifted, that there were more shadows or they were harder or I, that could have been the case, but I've always beat a dungeon within the first like three days. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> But that, that was, that was, Teddy himself said that. He said that the shadows get more agitated and they attack anything around them whenever the fog lifts. And that's what killed the two people. Okay. And then when the TV, when you die in the TV, you apparently just get thrown through, 
through the television into the real world through power lines and stuff. Yeah, that, that's the part I'm a little fuzzy on. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a TV world, you know, because it, it kind of seems to me like they had a really like you know, it, if if you're watching a serial killer movie and they've got their mark, you know, they've got their calling card, and the game yeah. starts off where the calling card is they're strung up upside down. Maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't, but I, I don't see, I don't exactly see the link on how that comes to be, or I guess it doesn't mean anything. It, it probably doesn't. That, 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 that's not really a calling card. It's just that's how they emerge from the television world. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure if I was missing a link there, I guess it, it just isn't one. Yeah. So then the party starts to realize he's probably telling the truth. He's been kidnapping people, hoping that he was saving them. Um, unfortunately, it, it's hurting people. He doesn't know what he's doing. Well, because nobody he threw in died, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, because I guess he'd have no reason to stop. Yeah, was well, that that was the thing? He didn't he didn't know we were going and saving people. So he thought everything was honky door. They just come out of the television later on, and oh, they're okay. Well, so we start realizing he's not the one doing this. Who is doing this? So we start piecing things together. Okay. Obviously, it's somebody who knows all of us, somebody who has the ability to throw people into the television, knows about the Midnight Channel, and particularly knows our main character, Lifty Fernand, in, in my case. He quad rivers in mine. <laughs> Um, but he knows he knows um, the the person because they know where they live because he's delivering messages to them, warning letters. So, do you think he had access to the Velvet Room? No, no, no. I think I think the main character is the only person that's that's able to enter the Velvet Room. Um, at least that's what I think. Um, I have a feeling the, the person who can enter the velvet room is the person who has the ability to change personas. Mm. Um, so um, we try to piece everything together. And this is over the course of days trying to figure this out. And after racking our brain, they, they give us a dialogue option. Did Did you guys look this up or did you actually just figure it out on your own? figured it out yeah only because there's only so many people it could have been i guess and well yeah the options i gave you was like yeah. ghost gay or yeah. and stuff like yeah that. and i'm kind of thinking well logically it would make sense if it was someone not in high school related to the party but obviously like closely related to the you know and, and the guilty party was always hanging around so yeah so we come to the conclusion that the person who is probably taking people and throwing them in the television in hopes of murdering them is Adachi. I was really gutted as well because he was just like the comic relief. I, I enjoyed him. He was just such a bumbling buffoon. It's all just a ruse, Sophie. And it was all, I was just so naive, taken in, so gullible. By his big eyes. Yeah. And his must up hair. And his complete incompetence. Yeah. 
So, yes, the bumbling idiot detective, uh, the partner of Dojima himself, Adachi, uh, is the, the killer. Mind. <laughs> is the mastermind behind all of this. Uh, and we go to confront him, just straight up. Uh, he's at the hospital. Um, he's, he's trying to cover his tracks because he's, he's had Namatame uh, moved from, to a different hospital. Dojima finds out and is like, why the fuck are you doing that? He's a key. He, he is our suspect. He's the only guy we have linking everything to this. And he, he just makes an excuse. And we finally would, I mean, the characters just straight up ask him, what did, what did you do? You know, did you leave us these letters and stuff like that? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He turns up, he turns into like a straight up thug, doesn't he? Like Adachi. He, he gets really leery. He, as far I as I can remember. I don't know what that means. Larry, like um, aggressive and defensive, and just oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, oh yeah, kind of loud and like, yeah, what what the fuck are you gonna do about it? You know that kind of <laughs> Larry. <laughs> that's a uh, that's that's a good one. Uh, yeah, he yeah he 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 gets really defensive and he 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 fucking runs off, and we have to ch- we ch- you know chase after him. Can't find him. He must have entered the television world. So one last time, we have to enter the TV world and go after the main culprit, the killer, who is Adachi. And going into his world, it is a screwed up version of the cities, the city of Inaba. I like this isn't really any type of dungeon. It's it, it's like we're floating in space and it's a street. Yeah, I just kind yeah, of thought I had it the twisted. Same, yeah, it was kind of it, like we were talking about with Nato's dungeon. It just was a bit compared to all the other ones. Like, and obviously, like following Nato's when we had um, Nanako's what dungeon in air quotes, like the Heaven Dungeon, and that looked really kind of unique and cool, and the design was really cool. I thought, and then this one again just felt a bit kind of rushed almost mm-hmm. you know just i don't know yeah yeah Other i just kind of like took the, it as dark and dirty yeah the police tape twisted. everywhere and a bit twisted but it didn't kind of have the um personality of some of yeah. the other ones i guess or really symbolize anything or yeah exactly right so um his dungeon has a little bit of a few tricks to it oh it's a pain in the ass i thought, I thought. <laughs> it was um so, uh, I was actually doing a funny little anecdote. Um, I was doing this dungeon, um, a couple days ago and, uh, I had my exterminator come to, uh, to spray my house. And so I paused the game, uh, when he came in and, uh, he took one look at the television. He said, Oh, you playing persona four? I was like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. I swear to God. And this guy is like a 45 year old, um, I don't want to say redneck, but he's he seems like a good old boy, you know, a country guy, yep. you know. And he's like, "You playing Persona 4? I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I love that game." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, I played it a long time ago on PlayStation 2." He's like, "Are you playing on PlayStation 2?" And I was like, "No." Nah. We got in this whole conversation about Persona 4 and and stuff. I was like, "Wow, this is what Surreal? the fuck?" Yeah, I was like, "What yeah. the fuck?" Random connection. Yeah. <laughs> Social link ranked two with your exterminator. Yeah, I yeah, know. 
And uh, I, he's like, I thought him was like, you know, Persona Five's coming out this year. He says, really? Is it coming? What's it coming to? I was like, it's coming to PS4 and I think PS3. He's like, oh, I don't have one. He said, I got a 360. I was like, well, you might want to invest if you want to play Persona Four or Five. And he's like, yeah, I'll probably do that. He said, I love Persona Four. I was like, did you play three? He's like, no. Nah. Like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, I, I like, cool. he's like, I like Final Fantasy though. He said, I played all the thirteen and stuff like that. And he started talking about that. It was nuts. <laughs> Blew me away. So yeah, uh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Shout out to James Eubanks. <laughs> so he was, but yeah, I, we did this. I did this dungeon. Um, and yeah, like I said, they has some tricks to it. Um, cause he was spraying and I, I fucked up. So there's a part in the dungeon where there's two parts of it. Uh, the, in the second part, you can't get hit by the enemies or you get sent back to the beginning of the fucking dungeon. Yeah. This bloody thing. Right. And it really sucked me in because the first enemy I saw was golden hand and I oh. didn't think that would count as a shadow, but it obviously did. And then I also didn't fucking beat it. I just got nothing. <laughs> and then I had to go all the way back to the beginning and I was just so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. In, in this dungeon itself, I I I was wanting to just get to the boss fight. Me too. And, and so, oh. I, and I I saw a golden hand, and I was like, I'm just gonna run past it because they normally just run a, run away from you instead of the other shadows run to you. And I was like, I'll just run past it. The fucker ran into me. Yeah, no, I tried <laughs> to chase. I chased this one down because I was like, oh, it's not. It doesn't count. <laughs> it did. But no, this was this was after you got past that part where you could fight stuff again, and I was like, I just want to make it to the boss. That's all I want to do. And I and the, the fucker ran into me, and he got an enemy advantage. Yeah. On top of that, he almost decimated my entire party, and it was one fucking hand. I was like, all I want to do is get rid of this fucking thing, because he, he kept like casting all these weird fucking stuff on me. They're, they're really big as well in this dungeon, aren't they? They're like glorious hands or something aren't they like yeah. or opulent hands and they're just huge and i killed a couple of them yeah at yeah. some point but yeah most of the Thousand time i just experience. like yeah yeah i they're so annoying because they're such a tease right and you think oh i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it and then you end up like was it a couple of was it the heaven dungeon where you'd end up with like five of them in one fight yeah yeah and you think this could be really good, but chances are I'm going to get fucked up, and they're all going to run away, and I'm going to be left with nothing. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, the, the, there's a trick to it in a couple instances. Um, there, there's a big hole in the beginning part where you have to jump down, and it takes you to a different part of the dungeon. And then there's a floor where you can't touch any enemy, otherwise you get sent back to the beginning of the dungeon. And then you got to go all the way back, and to the first part of the dungeon and then go through. And there's a few mini bosses here that I don't even want to talk about. Cause I, they were just, <laughs> I rushed for most of them. Mm-hmm. So, um, at this point in the game, I, I think I'm probably about level 71. I beat, yeah. I, be, I beat the final boss at 71 or 72. I can't remember. I think, well, yeah, I was, I, Having finished now, I'm at 73, so that sounds about exactly where I was, I yeah. guess. Mm. Uh, I know that the level cap is 99. Yeah, I think I was 83 when mm. I finished the game. So um, when we reach Adachi, uh, we, he kind of tells us all what happened. Um, basically, 
he was originally put on guard duty for the singer who was staying at the Amagi Inn. Um, I, I, I'm guessing he was, was he trying to, was he trying to sexually assault her? Was that what was going on? And he accidentally yeah. pushed her into the television? Yeah, you see, this is the other really uncomfortable thing about this game. Like, that happened in both of the scenes with the women, right? Yeah, he basically does just try it on with them, and then they reject him, and he's like, fuck this, I'm going to kill you. And, yeah, it's just, it's a bit hardcore, isn't it? He's he's a fucking murderer. He, I mean, he's, he's a fucking horrible person. Um. He uh, the first time he was just he was put on guard duty for the singer. He tried to make sexual advances toward her, uh, and he pushed her, and she fell through the television. He didn't know that would happen. He didn't realize any of that would happen. Um, and late, a few days later, she died, and so he kind of became addicted to that feeling. Um, and he saw um. He saw. Uh, the midnight. He started watching the Midnight Channel and seeing who was targeted next. So he decided to go after those people. Um, and he went after um, Yosuke's friend um, and um, had her killed. The other people, he didn't actually attempt to kill um, because the rest of it was Namatame taking people and throwing them into the television thinking he was helping them. So I think Adachi just killed those two people and was kind of wanting to wrap it up. And he found a scapegoat in Namatame. Yeah. Um, but he, he obviously he is, he's fucked in the fucking head. He's insane. He, because he, 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 he has like these delusions of grandeur. I'm thinking he's he's way better than this. He said, you know, the police academy. You know, I, I should have. I was better at the police academy, and then they sent me to this piece of shit town, Enemba, and he, like, he was just pissed at himself. And of course, everybody's like, you know what? You're just a fucking idiot. Yeah, Crimea River. So uh, we have this is a two part boss fight. We fight Adachi himself uh, in his human form, uh, and he does have the ability to use persona. Uh, so he can cast magic spells and stuff like that. Not difficult, really, at all. Um, and then uh, he releases the persona that's been inside of him, um, which is this gigantic eyeball who talks as if it is some type of higher being than everyone else. Yeah, see, this is why I thought it was the... The, the, the true killer. I thought this was it because he talks about basically testing mankind and, you know, you desired yeah. this. So, I you know, this is you, you got basically what fate or the world decided you deserved. He was born um, through the thoughts of everybody. So the TV world exists and is influenced by the thoughts of the people. And what influences people nowadays? Media and television. So when they started seeing bad things on television, the television world 
would correspond to that. Bad things would start happening. These different places would start popping up. Um, and it was all influenced by the people who were watching television. Um, so when the fog started happening, it was because of the bad vibes people were seeing. People are getting kidnapped. People are getting uh, killed. You know, you know, there's a lot of bad things going on, and those va- bad vibes were basically going into the television world. Think of it like the slime from Ghostbusters 2. Yep. Um, and the, this gigantic eye thing was born of the, the horrible things people thought about. It represented the fog that's in our world as well as the TV world, and it was the one creating it. So it does sound like it's categorically different from the other personas. Correct. This is like a conglomerate of shadows. It's it's everybody's shadow put together. Um which I guess kind of makes sense because it has every ability you can think of. Is it a fire, lightning, ice, all of it? Yeah, I found this one pretty tough at the level I was. It took me two attempts to to beat two or three attempts, I think, two attempts maybe. But yeah. By the skin of my teeth, like, I decided I was just going to go for it at the end. Mm. I could have just as easily failed, but... I like I, I lost one time because I, I did something stupid. It did the bewildering fog or whatever, and it buffed itself up. What I should have done was guard right after the fog went away. Yeah, I and did I, the same yeah. thing. But I didn't, and he did that eye beam laser thing, and it killed my main character in that one hit and I was like I thought that was probably going to be physical but it's apparently not I think it's just going to hit you I don't think anything can nullify yeah. it uh, and it killed me and I was like well shit and I was like well my girlfriend's over right now and I'm sure she's bored of watching me play Persona so I turned it off and I came back the next day and did it mm. um, so I was able to I was able to take him out pretty well so my party consists of the same guys since since I've got since I got Kanji. So it's it's me, Kanji, Yukiko, and uh Yosuke. Yosuke is a crazy good magic damage dealer. Uh, yeah. I had him f- pretty much fully ranked up. Um I had his social link maxed out so his persona evolved. So he had both wind boost which does 25% more damage with wind. He also had another, it wasn't wind boost, but it was wind amp, which does 50%. Those fuckers stack. So he was doing 75% more damage with wind attacks. On top of that, I gave him the wind. It's not the wind vow. It's the one higher above that. So he was doing over double what he normally does for wind damage. So each time he did the heavy wind attack, it would do almost 200 damage. Um, but that wasn't even my heavy hitter. My heavy hitter was Kanji. And what I had him do, he, he had, he had, it was vile attack. It wasn't vile attack. Yeah. It was primal. Vile assault, isn't it? it was, oh yeah, and that too. The primal attack, which is severe physical damage. It takes like 117 hit points away from the character. But I had Yukiko have the full heal for the entire party. Yeah. Piece of cake. Dude, like Kanji, I could power him up, use his power charge. It's pretty much what I did because, as I said to you before, I kind of had the not only Yukiko with the full party heal, but one of my personas had that too. Yeah. So I could mix and match because I had Yukiko also has like a heavy fire attack. 
so we were able to sub in and out with the healing as well so that meant i could use yosuke and um kanji just pretty much full-on yeah. assault basically and that's what did the trick yeah kanji with with him being charged up for his next physical attack and then using that primal i can't remember what it's called it's something primal force or something like that he would do like 600 damage and i was like this is fucking golden i'm done you know where this is over yeah i i use those two guys as my main kind of offensive weapons my character mostly did buffs and debuffs yeah that was what basically mine did mine used <laughs> items because i was yeah. like i'm at the end of the game fuck it just use all my items you know yeah well that came in really helpful during that bewildering fog thing because like i unlike you i kind of not had that sp item so i was kind of running out of sp at the time because we'd already been through the adachi fight which is why i was kind of splitting the healing duties with between my character and yukiko and at the same time like yeah instead of when i was low on sp instead of casting buffs and debuffs i was kind of throwing items everywhere like assault signals and diamond shields and all that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah. i didn't strategize particularly well in terms of conserving my resources but in terms of kind of setting up my party it worked out pretty well i think yeah and uh matt you have any problem no, I mean, I was, I didn't have anybody doing 600 damage, but basically I had uh, Yosuke with the, the double wind boost as well. And I, I feel like she got it really late, but I had Yukiko finally get, uh, finally get her boost to her, her second boost to fire mm-hmm. right before that fight. So basically I had the two of them using magic attacks and. I had uh, Chie and myself both using God God Hand, God's Hand. Okay. Mm. And then I had Yukiko with she got one level above where she heals the whole party, which was she heals the whole party and gets rid of any status ailments mm-hmm. called Salvation. Yeah. And I, I, her pool of SP just. Always seems to drain so much slower than mine. So basically, I had her healing one turn and then casting her fire attack the next two turns. And uh, yeah, I had I had everybody operating at you know good two to three hundred damage per hit at, in that fight. Yeah, Kanji came out like a champ in that fight for me. Yeah, it's crazy. That dude was insane, and he like he, he had so much endurance. Like his persona can just like he's a tank, you know. And he, like, he, like, even whenever that guy did like the maximum damage he could do, yeah, two turns, has... Kanji was like, "Fuck that, that, that doesn't hurt." Yeah, <laughs> he has he has a lot of HP. That's the that's why I had him in my party when I got him. Mm. And I was gonna say, you you mentioned last week, Drew, that you had, I, don't, I, I guess it was Kanji or maybe your main character do over a thousand damage. Oh, it was both Yosuke and Kanji. I I didn't think I had done that in this game, but I was looking through the trophies and I do have one for doing over 999 damage. Mm-hmm. I don't know at what point that came because my characters don't seem to ever normally do that yeah, much damage. Yeah, I was in the same boat as you, Matt, but then I was, I think it was just doing either fighting some regular enemies in this dungeon or one of the mini-bosses, but like a couple of fights that I had 
on the way into fighting Adachi like my characters were doing over a thousand damage. Those that look like mechs. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, those that look oh, like mechs were the yeah. ones I was able to do a lot of damage to. And it wasn't That's just why. like, it was like every hit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that I had a crazy special combination of factors that got me there. It was just that they were so susceptible. Even a, a normal slash would do like four or 500 yeah. damage. Yeah. So, um, after we beat the shadow that was basically possessing Adachi, uh, which is revealed to us, um, the eye basically says, you guys have, sh- you guys have shown that humanity has a will to fight and a will to live. So I will remove myself from your world, but I may return if things ever get like this again. Um, this isn't my world. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so he dis- the, the, the eye disappears um, and the fog lifts in the real world. And um, we take Adachi into the police. Um, and so begins winter vacation. Jesus Christ. The, we get back and I'm like, okay. Time, time for credits, right? No, I played this game six more fucking hours. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because <laughs> the first, because I was already at the boss fight. I went, I got home from work, started the boss fight, beat it immediately, and then played the rest of the night. I know. It's like a leech on the clock. This game. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it's. I mean, we go through three more months. See, I like this point just because it allowed me to finish up a couple of social links that I hadn't got had time to get to. Yeah. That's the only thing I liked about this period of time, really. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of – and I, I did kind of look at it that way at the beginning, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll read a few books. You know, I'll catch up with Nato and Kanji and just kind of do some things that I wouldn't normally do. But then – like after about an hour I got really bored of that and I was just like literally I'm just going to go to bed I'm going to bed every night I'm having all these weird dreams but I'm just going to bed please let it be over but no it went on and on and on and on yeah so um, there's a few things Nanako gets better Um, Dojima he comes home as well as Nanako does Uh, they have a, a little Christmas thing if you have a girlfriend, you do a lot of things with her. Yeah. Um, I like how Nanako gets to see her Kotatsu. Yeah. The, the new one that they bought, which actually I was looking up on Amazon. You can buy them so easily. I just can't imagine what I would need one for. They, they kept saying Kotatsu. I'm like, it's a table with a blanket under it. What? Yeah. But, you know, apparently they've got heaters built into them. You put I, I your you put your feet under them. Yeah, and the blanket traps the warmth. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just um. Yeah, it seems comforting, and I was like, "Oh, it's on Amazon. I buy everything on Amazon." But I, I really, not not that I would buy one, but I can't imagine where in my life that would fit. How much do they go for? Uh, a couple hundred, two hundred bucks. Yeah, two hundred bucks. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. My whole body freezes, not just my feet. So yeah. that not would... to mention, I think I would want a chair of some sort. 
Yeah. I don't, think I, I don't think sitting on a pillow would be enough for me. Maybe it's just my bad lower back. I don't know. I, I think – I don't know. Is that – I mean is that part of like – that could just very well be a Japanese tradition. You know, like when they eat, they, they sit down on the floor maybe. But then there's also tables and stuff. I don't know to be honest with you. So yeah, it's like, I, it seems I, like I every time up. they had a meal, they, they sat down on the floor to eat a meal. Yeah. So um, – but yeah, um, then, then there's this whole thing of your main character getting a cold – and you know, passing out and they're sick for a bunch of days and Teddy comes to stay while everybody else is in the hospital and you go on a skiing trip, talk, tell ghost stories, even though they say that's weird because they're supposed to be told in the summertime. I'm like, who, who the fuck said that they're supposed to be ghost stories in the summertime? Um, you know, I figured that'd be like fall Halloween shit. Yeah. Um, and you celebrate Valentine's day with your girlfriend if you have one and, it's more exams, more exams. You got to take, and I have to say this, like when it's snowing and they, they want you to run around town. That song's really nice that they play. Um, and every time school, like when it says after school, it says you're leaving in a couple of months. You should make memories with your friends. And I'm just like, that's kind of fucking sad. You know, I was <laughs> like, Jesus. And that song's playing in the background. I'm like, what the fuck? You know? Um, and the, did it, you guys go to the hot spring? I went to the hot springs with Kanji like several times. Cause I w- he just, does, he was down with it. He thought it was great. When I, yeah. when I found out what the hot springs are used for, I said, I have no need for this. <laughs> So yeah, you can go to the hot springs, but it just allows you to change up. They can re like depending on what you choose, you can change up their abilities. You can reassign abilities that you may have deleted from them, or you can let them learn new abilities. Most of which are, yep. yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I I the only thing I did was I went to work. At the the bar at night, so I could raise my diligence, and then I also talked to that one guy who raised understanding, so that way I could finally finish that fucking that big beef bowl challenge. Uh, I, didn't, I was yeah, gonna I say that was my biggest that. regret of this game. You didn't you didn't get it? <laughs> no, I I must have eaten that thing like forty times. Yeah, I also you have to have all of your your attributes maxed, and then you can finish it. And I, I maxed them all out and went and ate that beef bowl fucking challenge and got the trophy for it. So mission accomplished. I have beat Persona 4. <laughs> I'm jelly now. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and all, after all of that, uh, spring finally comes. And it's now the day that you say goodbye to all your friends because you're going back to your parents. Uh, and they give you the option to run around town and everybody that you had maxed out a social link with, you can talk to them one last time. And they kind of give you a summary of what, what they plan to do in the future. Uh, you know, Rise says she actually wants to go back into show business and she's, she's wanting to become an idol again. Uh, Yosuke and Teddy are both working at Juness and they're hoping to, you know, do something with their lives. I don't know. Yosuke reminds a lot of me, a lot of me in that sense, not in the horn dog sense. 
um, Kanji Kanji had the biggest turnaround out of anybody, I think, in this entire game. Um, because of I really liked his social link, to, like his progression with the social link stuff. Yeah, he. I think he was hands down my favorite character in this game. He he did a good. They, they did a good job of saying, you know, I I do need to accept me for who I am. You know, whatever that may be. I I love his realization. He's like, strong doesn't mean just strong. Yeah, strong. Strong does, is not punching people really hard. Yeah. Well, I think he said he also said being a man doesn't necessarily mean you're strong. Yeah. And he was like, I, I get that now. He said being a man is is taking responsibilities. Yeah, accepting who accepting who you are and uh you know, not not sheltering it from people. And I have to say, and there this is no fault to any of the other voice actors, there's a reason why Troy Baker is who he is now. Because he's 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 the best voice actor in this game. Yeah. He he he's by, he, he he delivers his lines so much more effectively than anybody else in this game. He he even makes you forget that he's supposed to be voicing like what a fourteen year old boy or something. <laughs> I think he's fifteen. <laughs> a balding, scarred fifteen year old yeah. boy. Okay. <laughs> FYI, we find out he's actually bleached his hair <laughs> and he and he has it slicked back. Um uh, <laughs> All right. So, yeah. so, what about the character gray hair? Yeah, well, your main character is just weird. But uh, so after talking to everybody and saying your goodbyes, um, I'll just I'll just say it right here. You can. You, it gives you the option to go home and pack and get ready for tomorrow to leave. Um, if you say yes, you go home, you pack, and you get the ending cutscene of everybody. At the train station, they're saying goodbye to you, and we'll never forget you. You'll always be my friend. And you get a little anime cutscene of them chasing down the train while waving and saying thank you for everything. And it's, I actually had a, a really weird moment while they were all running after the train. Yeah, I'm like, man, these these characters probably don't give a shit about each other. Like, the main character is the linchpin, and they're all so yeah. focused on him. They're like all gonna fall apart when he leaves. Yeah, because they look like they're really like stressed when they're running yeah. down the train. It's not like a joyful kind of wave, is it? They're like <laughs> sprinting and sweating and screaming. It's a, it's a bit kind of weird. Yeah, Please don't leave, senpai. <laughs> Was that just me, or it just no, seemed? I, yeah, <laughs> I had I definitely had some weird vibes when they were running after. I'm like, something is wrong with these characters. <laughs> yeah. It was. It, it's weird because it, you're the main focus of the, of everybody. You don't actually see anybody else hanging out with anybody else. You know, I mean, you see Teddy and Yosuke hanging out, and every once in a while you'll see Chie and and Yukiko hanging out. But it's like everybody's just friends with you. It is strange. I mean, I, like that's just the that's just the kind of like a, a storytelling aspect. It's not like it's part of the story. It's just like. That's all you see yeah. because you're playing that character. And the realization finally comes upon them all right at the end. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a cliffhanger. What's yeah. going to happen now? But um, I will mention, I'll just go ahead and mention it here. Um, there is another ending to this game. Um, if you say no to going home and packing after saying goodbye to everyone, um, the game can continue. 
Um, so much, in fact, that there is another dungeon. Um, which leads to a boss fight, which then leads to what they, what the game quote unquote calls the true ending. Um, I personally have seen the ending. Um, I have seen the normal ending, which I just talked about. Um, and I am currently halfway through the dungeon to the true ending. But as Sophie has said before the show, I'm kind of done at the current moment with Persona 4. Um, I'm sure I've only got probably about two, maybe three hours to go. I have no, I have no real desire to do that right now. I put, I put 68 hours in this game. I'm, I'm kind of done. For now. In a in a short space of time as well. I feel yeah. I'm feeling the burnout now. Yeah. Now I know I mean I had a I had a good time with the game. And that's what we'll get into in a minute, but um there is another ending to the game. It's an extended ending, basically. Um and you also get another revelation, um, which I will not delve into because we have decided that we may Unlike Xeno Gears, we may actually come back to this. I don't know. It's going to be at a later date. I just think I'm kind of tired. Of but this. we finished. We did finish. I and I finished credits. it twice. Two, yeah. two credits. I saw so. credits twice. So, yes. I think it's safe to say we both finished this game. Um, And if we don't come back to it and talk about the quote-unquote true ending, that's not a big deal. Because this is our show, and by God, I'm going to do what I want to. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that is that is the ending that we got. The fog has lifted from uh, from the, the real world, um, but the fog does remain in the TV world. Um, and they, they actually mentioned that, saying, well, if anybody were to try this crap again, they very well could. And everybody's like, well, we'll just have to stay vigilant on it and make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, and that stuff is addressed in the true ending. I will say that. So, um, the only thing that's left now is that I would like to talk to everybody about their final thoughts on this game as an overall and I want to talk to Sophie first. Well, I'll try and keep it brief. Okay. Do you have questions for me or do you want me to just... Uh... G- well, give me a summary. All right. In your personal opinion, what do you think of Persona 4? Um, okay, so obviously, as you guys know, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this game was because I'd never played or had any kind of interest or interaction or even kind of basic understanding of the Persona series at all. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, I didn't know what I was going to get. We had the whole kind of Marmite analogy, love it or hate it. And I almost think that all, it, that kind of works for me about, I guess, as the best way to describe my feelings for this game. There were times in this game that I really kind of dug 
little moments like the whole Dejima, Nanako and the protagonist's family situation, I really felt that sincerity and I was really interested in exploring those relationships. Um, my The beginning of the game was kind of interesting. I guess when you were getting into it and everything was new and you were meeting all the characters, you know, there was enough keeping me interested there. Um, mm. I love the whole kind of persona fusion side of the game and the dungeon crawling side of the game. The dungeon crawling side did get a little tedious towards the end. I guess it just got a bit repetitive. But still, with the boss fights, I felt like there was enough challenge there. Yeah. You know, and it, it kept you, you kind of, you, it wouldn't let you rest on your laurels in terms of your fight strategy or your personas. You kind of had to be a bit brutal in giving up your personas and kind of constantly looking at new ways to fight. So I, I really liked that. I thought it was kind of in, innovative and not like anything I'd really played before. So I really liked that whole side of the game. Um Obviously, I have huge issues around gender representation in the game. I won't kind of elaborate on all that again. Um, and I have issues with the pacing in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the more I progressed in the game, the more restricted I felt in terms of what I could do with my party. Obviously, we've kind of discussed about the leveling so I kind of felt like even though the persona fusion and using different abilities in a fight with a boss was, it, it still allowed you to experiment and have to adapt um, overall in terms of subbing different party members in and out. You know, by the time I'd got through like three or four dungeons, I guess my party was 100% set simply because there was no way I was going to pump yet more time just to <laughs> level other characters so they could all be at a high level so that was kind of a bit disappointing yeah and at the same time that had a negative impact on what i was doing outside of the dungeons in terms of pursuing social links with characters that i was never going to use at all so it didn't give me the motivation to do that so yeah i think overall there are aspects of the game that i really really enjoyed i'd say i'm glad i went through the experience i think I do have significant problems with the game. Um, and I just, it's like I've said before, the game has highs and then it just sweeps the rug out from under itself all the time and falls flat on its face. That's probably how I would describe my feelings about it. You know, it just, it has some great concepts and some great ideas. Some of them, it gives a good effort at executing and it doesn't always work, but like I give it, you know, an A for effort in that uh-huh. sense. But then other times you just think, wow, that's really stupid. Why have you done that? You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And, um, Matt, how about you? Yeah. I mean, uh, essentially counterpoint to, to Sophie's point. I, I really enjoyed the game. I think that, uh, it probably is one of my favorite games that I've played. Probably ever. Uh, a lot of it comes down to, I, I guess there are clearly a lot of things that it doesn't do that well. But for me, I just I find it fascinating to have a game that can include so many gender ambiguous characters. So you know, Chie is the tomboy is not the most you know conflicted person in the game for being a tomboy. I mean, I really like I said, I really like the way Kanji was handled and and I. 
per- potentially some of that is just due to either missing something or n- not not fully understand what standing what they were going for. It was based on the conversation we had earlier in the series where I know this game has taken some criticism for Kanji not, you know, really coming out as gay and the game not really supporting that and you're not having the chance to play an openly gay character. But I found that that was not a half step towards admitting his feelings, but that was more an acknowledgement that his feelings truly lay somewhere in the middle. And I found that ambiguity fascinating, specifically with the fact that he was sort of attracted to Naoto when he thought she was a boy, but then he was still kind of attracted to her after she was revealed to be a girl. Yeah. To me, that really solidified, all right, that wasn't a half measure towards him being gay. This is really... It's not it's not black and white, gay or straight. He was he you know, in, in the way I feel about Kanji is that he was really somewhere in the middle there and, and re- really couldn't couldn't come to grips with that. And uh yeah, I, I found that fascinating and I really like the the I just the, the message of a lot of the game of, of accepting yourself and really that's what needs to happen to grow. To me, th- those are such huge positives that the, the negatives of the way they're handled are, are just dwarfed by the originality and the importance of, of those issues. And uh, I, I guess for, for me, really, the main negative that that I, that I would call out as being being a true negative was the pacing. Yeah. And uh, you know, there, there's not really any way around that if they give you a, a month to complete something and you can do it in a day. Yeah. So I, I mean, I feel like pacing issues are are inherent in that. Uh, but but nonetheless, it it did it did drag it down a little bit. Uh, I initially was sort of fifty fifty. Like I loved playing the 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 social parts of it to boost what I was doing in the dungeon, and I loved getting through the dungeon so I could get back to the social parts. So it was like everything I was doing was enhancing my overall experience for me by the end of the game really the dungeons were just there to level up and you know it was sort of i guess shifted slightly more towards the social links for me Mm -hmm. uh because at least that's where i was getting new content and i was sort of better understanding my characters uh and i I really one thing that I really like about the game is the way that you never really get locked down combat-wise. You can always grind if you need to. Uh, and as I found out with sort of that last, the last boss that I fought, even being partially over-leveled, that's not the whole story. That's not even the majority of the story, and it's really about how you've managed your personas and how in how and which skills you've carried over from persona to persona and how they complement each other i just i i think mechanically all that was done really well yeah and then the whole wrapping just the, the the murder mystery wrapping i think makes the game start off strong and end strong and you know for me that's story-wise the most important part even though it drags in the middle 
Yeah. That's, um, I, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like I'm kind of in the middle between both of you. Um, I'm looking at this kind of like nostalgic a bit. Um, because I played this game in 2008 when it first came out and, um, you know, touted it as it's one of the best role playing games I've ever played. Um, I would say this is still one of the best role playing games that's ever been made, um, in certain aspects. The pacing, which I think we can all agree on, it is atrocious at times. I mean, it's, it's bad. Um, they give you the option to, to finish a dungeon right away. Some of that may be our fault. At the same time, there's a lot of filler in there. And, um, it really drags the total experience down. Uh, this game could easily have been probably 40 hours and we could still have a lot of fun and got our story across. Uh, instead of the almost 70 hours that I put into it and possibly more because there's a lot more that we can do. Um, there's even like a new game plus mode to this. Um, the overarching story is, is really good. Is compelling. Who's, who's throwing people into the television? What the fuck is this television world? You know, what's this weird bear guy who turns into a human? Um, it's a very sparkly human, a very sparkly human. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, I think in, in certain aspects of the social interactions, um, particularly with Dojima and Nanako, uh, even with Kanji, um, and the, in the one-on-one aspects with everybody here, um, it's, it's well told. Um, the production value, uh, for a game that was made in 2008, like I have to give it to them. I, I think I mentioned it in an earlier episode. The UI is just fucking slick. Like I love like the the contrast with the colors and how everything kind of just it, it looks and flows. Like even just like the combat menu itself, it 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 just it looks slick. That's the best way I can describe it. And the coolest thing I loved about when you were in the TV world, there was this constant like static, and it looks like you were watching through like a like a. CRTTV kind of thing, you know, like an old school television. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the presentation was, was really well done. Voice acting is still really good. I mean, there's, there's a few characters who are just kind of, eh, I mean, obviously this was one of the games that I think kind of sparked Troy Baker's career. Um, and, uh, I, 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 the role playing aspect of this game is still good. Um, getting new personas, uh, the combat system itself, um, and just, just the whole strategy that's involved, not only in the battles, but also infusing personas, creating new personas, bringing over different abilities, stuff like that is really, really well done. They had it in the past games and I'm sure Persona 5 will have it as well. Um, and that has been kind of like the staple for the Shin Megami Tensei series in a whole, you know, I mean, like all these other games in this series, which have been going on since like the eighties, um, has always had that kind of as a main staple and it's, it's well done here. Um, 
but yeah, I, at the same time, I still feel like this is, and it's weird to even say this. I still think it is slightly a product of its time. Um, it, it, you know, there are some kind of archaic mechanics. There's some, uh, cliched things in the story. Um, and overall, I still really enjoy this game. Um, it's, but I can definitely see its, its issues and I can see it's, it's, you know, it's downfalls too. Um, it's not a perfect game by any means, but it's, it's still an enjoyable ride. I mean, I put 68 hours in this game and, and I, for the most part, I liked what I played, you know? Um, and so it's, 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 it's interesting just to see everybody's perspective on stuff. Um, the, the question that I do ask everybody here, and I know Matt's answer, but I, I really want to know Sophie's. Is after you've you've played Persona Four and you've beaten it, and I've asked you this before, but I'll ask you again now that you finished it. Come October or November, are you considering playing Persona Five? Um, I don't think it'll be a day one. Okay, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying I won't play it. Having obviously, there's things I don't want to. I definitely don't want you guys to come away with this thinking that I have like just overwhelmingly negative impressions. I, I don't. Terrible, I don't think you hate this game. Um, I don't think I, you. Hate I don't. This there game. are bits of it that literally drove me insane. Yeah. Um, but as I say, that some of the actual gameplay aspects of it, I really enjoyed. So yeah, I definitely will look at Persona Five as a game in its own right with an open mind. I'll definitely be looking into it and kind of reading what it's going to be about that will be play a huge part in whether i pick it up early mm-hmm. um more likely depending on what my gaming calendar's like at that time of year it's a busy time of year for gaming or it usually yeah. tends to be yeah um i may pick it up when it drops in price in the new year that's probably going to be more likely if i have a gap i might plug it with persona 5 once i know you know once I get some feedback from you guys and I know what it's about. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not signing myself up for it day one, Mm -hmm. but I'm not shutting the door on persona and saying, I never want to have anything to do with you ever again. Right. Okay. And Matt, I, I'm sure I know, but yeah, I mean, definitely day one. So that's not even what I'm really considering. I, when did persona three come out? And, And the real, the real question there is, the gap between three and four has to have been quite a bit less than the gap between four and five. Oh, so oh certainly. Three uh, and four are, are both fantastic, but they're both very similar experiences. Okay. Well, I know Persona 4 came so, out in 2008. Persona 3 released in 2006. Yeah, so given that there's so many more years... In Persona 5, I'm really curious to see how much different it will be. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole new world out there now. And you kind of think there's... Obviously, it's, you know... There's been some big RPGs that have come out in the last couple of years. Big, big, massive games. And even kind of JRPGs as well. And Final Fantasy XV, I guess, will drop this year, seems to be. So I wonder, just in terms of the scope and whether it's going to be more expansive and 
have more freedom to it. Uh-huh. That'll be kind of that will play a big part in whether I pick it up sooner rather than later. Well, Sophie, I highly suggest you take a look at a couple of trailers. There's there's a gameplay trailer and there's a story trailer for Persona Five uh, that's out there right now. Um, and I'd say definitely take a look at those. Oh, I will do. Because um, the the gameplay itself, it looks like the battles look a lot like the Persona series, but some of the exploration may be different. Like I said, I from the trailers I've seen, it looks like you play as a bunch of cat burglars. I don't know. I, this this get you know, shit's weird, yo. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's um. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. Um. But I mean, like you know, just the contrast between even like Persona Three, just a lot of differences in between the two. Uh, as far as just like how things work and stuff like that um, in the story, so um, I'm interested as hell. So I don't I like. Will, will Persona Five be day one for me? Absolutely. Will I play it right then and there? Well, I've changed since 2008, and I will get a brand new game and not start it for like a month. You know that's ah oh, yeah I know I have one of those it's called Street Fighter Five yeah well you know what you probably made the right decision <laughs> for that one um but yeah. well it, it, an interesting point there is Catherine because that's sort of a more modern game but doesn't necessarily feel like a modern game to me or doesn't really feel any more modern than Persona Four that was I think the next game they worked on after Persona Four yeah um and Catherine was interesting because it had the two aspects as well. It had the social interactions with, with Vincent in the bar and then it had the puzzle stuff. Um, and I, I, I have to say the social stuff in Catherine was the best part of that game. Um, and it was definitely a much more mature feel to it. Um, because you played as a, you know, a guy in his twenties who, didn't know if he should go with his girlfriend or this new chick that he met. You know, it was, it was weird. It was, it was, it was, it was a different look on the whole, it it was definitely a a different take from the whole, you know, high school drama crap. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's, that was the thing is like, they, they tried to experiment in the past few years. Atlas did, you know, they, they, they did release a Shin Megami Tensei game. They released, um, uh, uh, Shimagami Tensei 4 on the 3DS, uh, which I played. Um, and, uh, it was just, you know, it was just like the next game in that series. Um, this, the Shimagami Tensei series is just a hard one to even talk about because there's so many games with that name in it that are completely different from each other. So, I don't know. Sorry, I had to sneeze. <clears throat> so unprofessional. I know. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, um, we don't have any emails. Um, that's okay. But that is our 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 final conclusion to Persona 4. Um, will we come back to it and talk about the true ending? We may. We may not. Um, but we have seen credits, and I consider this officially beaten we have beaten Persona 4. Um, 
And for the next game in the year of the RPG, we're not certain yet. Um, we're leaving it up to you guys, in fact. So anybody out there who would like to influence us on the next game that we play, um, follow at ZTGD Phoenix Down because I'm going to be tweeting out a poll. You can do polls on Twitter now, which is very interesting. So I'm going to do a poll on Twitter featuring uh, a few games of Matt and I's choosing, and you guys get to vote on which one you want us to do. And depending on which one ever gets the most votes is the one that we will do for the next series. Um, so I'm probably going to give it a week. We may take a week off just to chill the hell out. Recuperate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's spend, let's spend a month recuperating. Uh, yeah. You know, like, like everybody else does in this. Waiting fight. for Drew to make his move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to, we'll probably take a week off. So that'll allow you guys to vote on what you want, um, us to play. Is, um, is um, Xenogears going to be an option? Xenogears is not going to be an option, even though Jay brought it up because I it's started over from hour one. Fuck no! Oh my god! No way could I do that. You sound like you're having palpitations. <laughs> I, I am having flashbacks. Is what I'm having. That game is like long, and and it's difficult to pick back up. That that one most certainly is a product of his time, as far as gameplay goes. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you'd like to uh, send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. You can talk to us about Persona 4. You can suggest more games to us, whatever you'd like. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And Sophie is at SM Holiday. And uh, as I said before, the podcast is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Definitely follow that. I'm going to be putting that that poll up uh, probably when this episode goes live. And um, you guys get to vote on the next role-playing game that we're going to be doing. Or it may not be a role-playing game. I, I, the, the, the two games I have chosen are role-playing games. So, um, But yeah, um, that is it for us. We, we, we beat Persona 4. Which is no simple feat to do. Um, so there's there's that on our on our docket. So we're done with that one. But we will be back uh, maybe next week with an intermission. I don't know, depending on how we feel. Um, but we are going to take a week off from the games itself. Uh, but until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. I'm Sophie. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we'll be back next with whatever you guys choose. Easter weekend.